Hi, everybody. Again, welcome to Wednesday night service. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we give you honor. We glorify your holy name, Father. We thank you, Father, for your presence in our life, God. We thank you, God, because you've sustained us, God, even through all this pandemic, Lord. You are still on the throne, mighty King of glory, God. It doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what's going on in our lives, O King of glory, God. You haven't changed, Lord. I thank you that you promise us, God, that you... You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, God. And so, Father, we continue to worship you. We continue to glorify your holy name. And as, as even today, God, as you speak to us, O King of Glory, we open our hearts, we open our minds, O God, so your word can come through, O King of Glory, God. Lord, I have nothing to offer. Move me out of the way, O King of Glory, so you can speak to your people, God, so you can speak to their hearts, so you can give them hope, O King of Glory, God, so you can draw them near to you, Lord. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are continuing with the book of Colossians. Um, Pastor Jay did a uh, preach last, last, last Wednesday, uh, began, this, uh, began the, uh, the book of Colossians. And so when, when, we, um, when he talked last Sunday, he talked about this young church. The church was young, and it was in the middle of a Gentile environment. There was a lot of pagan and mystical influences that were going on in this place. And so... Paul is speaking and writing to them and telling them there is a lot of mystical, a lot of, um, a lot of bad things that are happening, but I need you guys to identify the Spirit of God. I need you guys to know the true Spirit and the not true Spirit. And if you look at our message today, our message is called the supernatural. And I, in quotes, I say weird. Because what has happened is every single day in our life, we are seeing things that God is doing, but if we cannot formulate or, or put it in a, um, understand it, then immediately our mind goes to, it's weird. And then it's just, it's just blocked in there. But I feel like today God is calling us to, to acknowledge that there is a spiritual world that God controls. There is a spiritual world that, that God is working through. And if we get, if we learn, if we allow ourselves to understand that, we understand and see what God is doing in this season and the season after. Of course, there is no way uh, I can start this, you know, as someone about weird unless I give you guys a weird story. So I'm going to give you my supernatural, uh, I'll call it a weird story, but anywho. So like any good Americans, I have some cameras in my house. So if you come close to my house, you, the camera can trigger motion. And so what happened is um, about, I think like last, uh, to us last, last year, I got in the morning and took the trash cans out. There's a blue trash can and a, black, and a, a green trash can that I, that I put outside. And then during the day, the truck came and picked up the trash, left the trash cans in there. And so when I came home from work, I drove in and I thought that, um, I thought that Eva had taken, one tr- had taken both trash cans in. And she told me, hey, I did not take the blue trash can. I think something happened to it. And so I was like, okay, no worries. So I went, looked at my cameras, and I looked, and lo and behold, I see the truck coming in. They took the trash. They put the trash in the, in the, in the, in, they put the trash in the truck, and then they left the trash there. And then from there, I see the trash can sitting there for a few minutes, but then... Later on, there's another frame. The trash can is not there. I don't know what happened. The trash people called. We called the trash people, and they said, oh, it probably fell into the, to the trash car. And I was like, 
okay, whatever you say, but I, I, I'm sure I know that it didn't because I saw the guy took the trash can and, and bring it back. And so as I was thinking about that, I, I'm not sure. It's just a story. I'm not sure what happened, but the thing is, it disappeared. And so I took that information and I just grouped it in the weird stuff and I forgot about it. Even though in the back of my mind, sometimes we look at each other with Eva and be like, I don't know what happened. It's weird, right? And so I was looking at the word weird, and when you look at the word weird, it's the unnatural, weird, eerie, unearthly, uncanny refer to that which is mysterious and apparently outside natural law. Weird refer to that which is suggestive of faithful intervention of supernatural influences in human, in human affairs. So weird is something that we do not understand. Whether it's caused by the things of this world or whether it's caused by the spiritual world, this, that's something we, we all have, have come to a point in our lives where you see something off, you just classify it as weird. And as we look here, Paul is telling this young church to be aware of the power of the supernatural. Colossians 1.16 says, For it was, it, it was in him that all things were created in heaven and earth, things seen and things unseen, whether throne, dominions, rulers, or authority. All these things were created and existed through him, uh, through him, his service, interfe- intervention, and for him. Let's jump into our text in Colossians 1. Uh, Colossians 1.15. Christ, inv- in, uh, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. He made the things we see and the things we can see, just, such as thrones, kingdom, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He exists before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is the first in everything. So Christ is everything. Christ is in charge of the seen and unseen. And what I love about Colossians 1.16, I talked about it, for it was in him that all things were created, in heaven and earth, things seen and unseen, whether thrones, dominion, rulers, authorities, all things were created and exist through him, his, his service, intervention, and in him and for him. What I love about this is, is, unlike the world which is going out there to look for the supernatural, it says that um, the supernatural is not an addition to being a Christian. It's not being an addition to being a Christian. It's part of being a Christian, right? Let me repeat that. The supernatural is not an addition to being a Christian. It is part of being a Christian. And Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek and strive after all, uh, seek, seek, aim, and strive after, fasten all his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing things, doing the, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given unto you. So what he's saying is, stop seeking things outside Christ. Seek Christ first with everything you have. You want to understand what's going on in the spiritual world? Seek Christ. You want to understand what's going on in the physical world? Seek Christ. If you want to understand what's going on with your, with your relationship, your marriage, all those things, the things that we are fighting, the things that we don't really understand, like corona right now, we don't really understand what's really going on. We think we understand, but we really don't know what's, under, what's going on. But if we seek God first and his righteousness, everything else will be added to us. Right? So in other words, let's find Jesus, and when we find Jesus, then he will open our eyes to see the things unseen and the things seen. 
And just like Paul, I'm trying to let you, to let you be aware of the spiritual world that's there, the power of Christ that is in us, the same that raised Christ from heaven, the raised Christ from death, that that same power is in us and is still here. And if, if God is trying to do something in your life, but then you are quick to classify it as a weird thing, then you're going to miss what's going on. But if you seek God and understand what God is doing, if you, if you seek the word of God, if you seek his, his hurt, if you, if you seek God first and his righteousness, then when you see the supernatural, you will understand that is the supernatural of God. And his power is moving. Isaiah 55, 5, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your way, says the Lord. For as heaven are for as heaven are higher than earth, so as heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Understand this. We have very limited knowledge when it comes to the things of God. We have very limited knowledge when it comes to the things of God. But for some reason, we think because we have all these things, we understand that. And so that's why we see people who are self-reliant. They, don't, they say, I don't need God because I have this. I don't need God because I have this understanding. I don't need God because I, have, I can do this. But the thing is, God has a bigger plan. He, he is the beginning and the end. Everything falls in between. And our knowledge is very, very limited. Spurgeon says, the difference and the distance between God and man is revealed, not to discourage us from seeking him but to keep us humble as we seek. You may conclude that it's not intended that you, may, that you should understand the infinite, for you are told that his thoughts and the ways are far above you, but you are required to seek him where he may be found and call upon him where he is near. So Spurgeon is saying that just because there is that distance and he's so far, doesn't mean that you can really get to know God and know his ways. Well, he says that gap is there so that you can have that desire to, to, to seek God. Because if we all know, then really we do not need God in any instance. But when we know that we need to seek him so we can get more information, so we can get his leading, so he can order our steps, then we get to seek God. And I know that when I talk about the supernatural stuff and the weird stuff, because TV and all these things and the world we live in have all gotten us to a point where we just think about those mystery things that happen in, in the world, the shows, the bad thing. There's a lot of good spiritual, if you want to call them weird things that have happened in the Bible that we do not have an understanding. And I'm going to go through some of these things, uh, not in particular order, but I'll show you that the Spirit of God has been working. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then these things and the power of God, it continues to be in this world. But the thing is, sometimes we are so blinded by our own way that we do not see these things. So the first one I have is, God spoke and the world became. Genesis 1, 2 to 3. The earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was on the face, face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. World was dark. There's nothing there at all. He speaks supernatural, and the world forms. Everything you see formed because he spoke. That is supernatural. Right? Jesus is conceived by a virgin girl, Matthew 1.23. Philip, in Acts 8.26.40, Philip appears and instantly is teleported. Philip was sent by an angel in a deserted, deserted road. Then he finds a eunuch who's just going his way, reading the scripture, trying to understand the scripture. 
Philip is told, hey, go talk to this guy, explain to him what's happening. He goes and explains to him. And then after that, he, they find, a, they find a, a pool of water and he gets baptized. And the Bible says at that moment, immediately he finds himself, he, um, the Bible says at that moment that the eunuch did not see Philip anymore. Philip was teleported 21 miles away from uh, Jerusalem to Azotus because he found himself preaching in Azotus. Let me paint a picture for you. I'm here in Auburn. I'm preaching. And then within a few minutes, I find myself in Newcastle or Graham preaching. Let that one settle. But the thing is, we, we read things like this and we assume that that just happens in the Bible because the world has tainted the supernatural power of Christ. But that's the power of God. Like He can get you from here to Bellevue or whatever he needs to because he is God and he doesn't operate within our time nature. If you're not convinced, let's continue. Abraham is about to sacrifice his son Isaac in Genesis 22:13, and a lamb appears from nowhere. I don't know about you, but if there was a lamb stuck in the bush, Abraham would have seen it before he went to sacrifice the child, right? But it's when he took the knife and about to do it that he was, he was shown there was a lamb, supernatural, right? 90-year-old Sarah gives birth, Genesis 21:22. 90 year old I'll just leave that one right there. And then Acts 14, 19, 20, Paul is torn to, de- to death and he gets up and goes back to, uh, he goes back to the same place that they, they torn him. Uh, Acts 14, 19, 20, but the Jews arrived uh, there from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the people and won them over, they stoned Paul and afterward dragged him out of the town thinking that he was dead. But the disciples formed a circle about, uh, about him and got up, and he got up and back into the town and the marrow, and he went on to Barnabas to Derby. He is stoned, beaten by stone. They drag him to a point where they think he's dead. And yes, some people are going to argue that, yeah, it was, you know, he was already, he was not really completely dead. But somebody who's stoned to that point where he looks like he's dead, can he still get up and walk and go start preaching? He can't do that. Supernatural. Same spirit of God that lives here, that lives within us. Same spirit that can be able to do that. Peter shadow heals people, Acts 5, 14, 16. So that they even kept carrying on the sick to the street and placing them on the couch and sleeping, uh, and sleeping pads in the hope that Peter passed by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. And the people gathered also from the town and hamlet around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those troubled with the false spirit, and they were all cured. It wasn't like they're just laying those people there and they were not healed. The Bible says they were all cured by, 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 by Peter's shadow. That is the supernatural power of Christ. Second Kings 13.21, Elijah, great prophet, was dead and when he was dead, he was, he, there was a place where he was buried. And when he was buried, there were these guys who were moving by and they had a dead body. And they took the dead body and they put it in the same grave, that, the same place that Elijah's bones were. And when the bones touched Elijah, when the, when the body touched Elijah's bone, the body became alive. That is the supernatural power of God, the God that we serve. Right? We continue. Mark 16, 6, 
Jesus rose from the dead. And it says, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where he laid his body. Supernatural. Somebody who's dead, the raised from dead. Exodus 3, Moses sees a burning bush that's just burning and nothing's happening. Um, Exodus 14, 29, the Israel walked through the sea on dry ground with walls of water on the right side and the left. Supernatural. Exodus 13, 21, the Israelites are led by the pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day. Supernatural. Elijah, in 2 Kings 6, 17, Elijah has the servant's eye to be open so he can see the angel armies that surrounding them. 2 Kings 2, 11, Elijah is taken up by, to heaven by a chariot of fire with horses of fire. I hope I go that way. That would be awesome. And then this will be my last example. Hopefully you guys are convinced that there is a supernatural power that works through the Bible and continues to be in this place. But we have to be aware of what God is doing. And I, I've read Numbers 22, 20, 22, 28, 31, where people say that the donkey spoke. But I have a different idea about that. I think it should be Balaam had a conversation with the donkey, right? Because yeah. <laughs> then the Lord opened the donkey mouth and he said to Balaam, what have, I, what have I done to you to make you beat me like this three times? That's the donkey talking. But then there was a conversation because Balaam answered the donkey. He said, you have, you have made a fool of me. If only I had sword in my hand, I would have killed you right now. And the donkey said to Balaam, I'm not, I, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been, the, uh, have I been the, in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eye and saw the angel of the Lord standing on the road with a sword. So he bowed down low and he fell on his face. Supernatural. I know some of you have been trying to get your dogs to talk, right? Say some words and you're like, yeah. But let me tell you, this is a conversation. It was a conversation that happened. God opened. The Bible says that, that God opened the mouth of the donkey to speak. Supernatural. But in this sense, in our world, because we, we are so blinded by all these things, we'll probably be like, that's weird. Did you see that? That's weird. Before it's over, we don't trust that. We don't believe that. But God is still working. Yeah. See, folks, what I'm trying to have you guys do is, I'm trying for you to understand the power of Christ. To accept that if you allow God supernatural work in your life, the Bible becomes so alive to you. The Bible becomes alive. The Bible becomes alive and when you read a verse, you're not just applying it thinking that, oh, that happened a certain time. You just realize that those things can still happen now because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I read about the story of uh, Paul uh, in Acts 16, 16, 40, where he, there was a girl who was, you know, following, her, following them and, and prophesying, and, and she was demon-possessed. And Paul turned around and literally casted the demon out, and it was, it was, that was done, right? And when I read this, you know, most of the time you just group it to like, yeah, that was, that happened. And, and it brought me back to 2018 where we were in Kenya and we had gone with Q missions over there. And uh, it was one Saturday, I think, or Sunday, I don't remember. I think it was on a Saturday or a weekday where we were doing a revival. And we had done a kids event during the day where we had invited kids from like the age of 
probably three years old to like 16 years old. And I remember it was a good day. There was a lot of good things happening. And then in the evening, right about five o'clock, we had a, revi- we had a revival sub- service that we, 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 we put outside the church and so that all the neighbors could be able to come. And the revival was going on. I, um, I believe there was music, there was worship, there was praying, and, and then there was an altar call that was called. And when the altar call was called, there was these two little girls who are like 14 years old. And those 14-year-old girls, one of them came up. She came up to be prayed for. And when she started being prayed for, something happened that triggered the, the pastors and the leaders of the church we are with to pull her aside to the tent where she, they continued to pray for her. I remember somebody come tapping on our shoulders and told us, come on, we need you guys to go and, 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 and pray for this girl. So literally we are in this tent. Worship is happening over here. There's, people are still worshiping. People are praying. There's a tent over here. There's a perimeter that was, perimeter that was, that was made already. So we are in there. And literally all I can say is it was like a war zone in there. There was this girl who was just moving and overpowering like five people who like this girl probably was not even a hundred pounds. She's over, over, overpowering all these people and just pushing and, 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 and all these things coming from her. And I remember Pastor G, one of the pastors said, she talked to her and said, I need you to come out of her right now in the name of Jesus. And I've read the Bible. I've heard I've seen, but this was the moment that I saw and I heard. I remember at that moment, the voice that came from that girl was a very, very deep demonic voice. And she said, I am not coming out. I am not coming out. Marquille, the this girl, we've been praying for her for about 10 minutes. We've been casting out everything that's around there to get out. And at that moment, the demon was like, I am not coming out. First of all, it shows you the, the spiritual world that we fight against. It is not that. It's not like just simple things that we do. And I remember in that moment, Pastor G went ahead and said, I command you in the name of Jesus to be silent. You have no authority right now to speak in this place in the name of Jesus. And the girl was quiet. We proceeded to pray for her for maybe another 10 minutes. And then that's where that spirit left her. And she just bawled. And she just bawled and cried. And then she went to, to tell us all these things that she had been involved in. Right? And I tell you this because I want you to understand the battles that we are in and we are against. It is not just a physical battle. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are, we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with a physical opponent, but against the despotism, against the power, against the master spirit who are Master spirits who are in this world rulers of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heaven supernatural spirit. I give you this evidence so you can realize that just because the world has made everything weird normal, there is a spiritual battle for your life. And if you do not see God with everything you have, if you do not see God first and his righteousness, if you don't see God and his righteousness, you will be deceived by what you see. See, Paul knew that it was important for this young church to know that there was a battle, but more important for them to know that God was supreme. 
that he was the beginning and the end, right? And so that brings me to, to my last point that the church will endure. The church is the only institution that will endure. The supreme king purchased the church with his son's blood. The supreme king purchased the church with his, his, his son's blood. And so if there is one thing that the supreme king who is God is going to protect is the church because it's bought by his son's blood. That was a big sacrifice that he's now just going to let it go. Right? Just as he is from the beginning, he's the end. And the same thing, the church will stand. One of the commentary called Benson, I couldn't find his last name. Um, he says, the apostles in this point are having to display the greatness of the Son, the creator of all things, visible and invisible, in the heavens upon the earth, proceed in the clause, to display his glory as the head of the church, which is called the body and his body. And as human beings is influenced, directed, and governed by the head, so is the church universal, including the whole, the whole body of believers is influenced directly and governed by Christ as the head. The church is governed by Christ as the head. And as long as Christ is supreme, it doesn't matter what spiritual, spiritual battles we see. It doesn't matter what comes our way. It doesn't matter what we see or what the world decides to classify the Bible as something that happened that's not happening. Christ is still supreme and life will continue and he will still be the one who leads all. So we have a choice. We can, we can choose to either ignore like the, world, the rest of the world is doing or we can really uh, hang on to Christ so closely that when he does something, we can know that it is of God and we can see his spirit move in our life. We can see God do amazingly, abundantly more than we can think or imagine. Stop looking for spiritual things outside Christ and his church. Stop looking for spiritual things outside Christ and his church. Because that's the issue. In the last days, the Bible says that people are just going to be hearing different doctrines. There'll be things that will confuse people. There'll be things that people are going to be seeking those things that are outside Christ without even knowing because they're going to be deceived. So stop looking for spiritual things outside Christ and his church. Seek God first and everything else will be added to you. Matthew 24, 4 says, for, and this is a warning for everybody, myself included. Matthew 24, 24 says, For false messiah and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders as, as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. That's a scary verse. That even God's chosen one will deceive. Woe unto you if you're not in, 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 in God's in, in God in God's camp. Woe unto you if God is not is not is not your leader. Woe unto you if you depend on yourself, because even those who are in Christ may possibly be deceived. Understand this. A time is coming when many will fall, thinking that we are on the right side because thinking that we are on the right side. Because we are led by the Spirit, we we got to be very careful that we are planted in Christ. We have to make sure that we are planted in Christ. Because there will be spirit that will come in, that will be deceptive. And if you are not careful, you'll be led away. Understand the authentic spirit that comes from, the God, from God. Understand the authentic spirit that comes from God. Pray for discernment. Pray for discernment. That God can show you those things that are of God. 
So when you see something, you just don't jump into it, but you ask God to lead you and guide you and show you what you need to do. Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, that you may be filled with full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into, into the ways and purpose of God, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. And that is my prayer for faith and victory today. That is my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. That's a prayer for the church in general as a whole, that we may be full of knowledge, his knowledge of the spiritual wisdom and have an understanding of God and discernment of the spiritual things. Revelation 20, 22, 13 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, before all and end of all, he is God. So tonight, seek nothing outside Christ and his church. Seek nothing outside Christ. Seek God first and his righteousness and everything else that you need because he created you and he knows you will be added to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you tonight, God. We thank you for your word, O King of Glory, because, Lord, you speaking to us, God, and showing us the things that we need to do, Lord. That Jehovah God, our work is not trying to define what the world looks like, is not trying to define the spiritual world, O God, but our work, O King of Glory, our due diligence, O King of Glory, God, our mere obligation, O King of Glory, Father, is to seek you with all our hearts, to seek you, Father, with, with everything we have, God, and your righteousness, O King of Glory, God, and you will give us everything we need, O God. You will give us provision, God. You give us life, O King of Glory. You give us joy, Jehovah God. You give us every little thing and every big thing, O King of Glory, that we need for this journey, Lord. You will give us because those are your promises, God. And you will give us exactly what we need, O King of Glory, Father. So, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I pray for your people tonight, O God. I pray, King of Glory, God, that they may know you, Lord. That they may turn their hearts to you, O King of Glory, God. That they may seek you and nothing outside that, O God. That, Jehovah God, you become supreme over their life, O King of Glory, God. And as we pray tonight, I, I ask you, if you haven't given your life to Christ, if you do not know Christ, this is the best time to give your life to Christ. These things that I talk about, what God has done, the supernatural, the things that he continues to do every single day, those things are the people who are children of God. And if you are not a child of God, I give you this moment right now to pray and say, Lord, please forgive my sin. Come into my heart. Change my life. I want to live for you in Jesus' name. And if you made that, if you made that prayer, go ahead and send us a message. Um, call us and then we can send you some materials and help you walk through this journey. So be blessed, have a good night, and love on each other, and church on Sunday. Later.